Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Last week, church, we were on a, uh, the scriptures around renewing of our mind, and we were all about understanding deeply our identity in Christ. And we finished on this verse in Romans 12 too. And if you didn't hear last week's message, this kind of built on from last week's message. So I ask you to go home and should be able to listen to it online if you want to. Um, it really gave the foundation for understanding why and how we can renew our minds and understanding our new identity in Christ. But what we didn't touch on is how to renew our minds. There's a couple of different ways that we can look at how we renew our minds. And today I want to really focus in on one of those. So I'm going to begin with the scripture that we finished on last week, and it's in Romans 12, oh, not that one, that one, Romans 12 two. How about we read this out together, and uh, all together, let's go. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How many of us want to know God's perfect will for us? I think that would be a a great goal, wouldn't it? And so, of course, it comes as we change the way we think. The scriptures talk about tapping into the mind of Christ, that we can know the mind of God. And what God says about us, so many times we think about ourselves, the way that the world thinks about us, the way that the enemy thinks about us, or the way that I think about me. Well, I don't need to be influenced by the world in, in that sense. I don't need to be influenced by anyone else and what they think about me. And I don't even need to be thinking about what I think about me. I need to be thinking about what God says about me. You use the illustration that sometimes our circumstances will kind of determine the way that we think about ourselves or our situations, but really we should put the Word of God onto our circumstances, put the Word of God onto our lives and say, this is what God's Word says about me, and that's how I form my identity. It's in changing the way you think. It's not copying the patterns and behaviors of the world or the customs of my past life. It's all about the new life in Christ and what he thinks about me and what he says about me. So today I want to continue on with a very practical talk on how to renew your mind. And I want to begin with an important question. If I could show you one thing more than anything else that could give you a deeper hunger and thirst of more of God's presence in your life, would you be interested in knowing that one thing? That was very enthusiastic, church. (laughs) If I could reveal to you one timeless secret, I'll try and sell it to you, that all the great spiritual mentors over the centuries have practiced more than anything else, this one practice would help you powerfully pray and keep centered in Christ and be lavished in his love and really see answers to prayer that would literally change your life. Would anyone here be interested in knowing about it? Yes. Ah, what I'm going to share with you today is that one discipline that's really helped me to hear God's voice more than any other, anything else I've done every time I do it. Whenever I do it, and I mean every time I do this, I do have a sense of hearing the voice of God. And that is what has given me a deeper thirst and stirred up my soul in a sense and created a greater hunger for more of God in my life. And it always catapults me into effective prayer every time I do this. 
And because it's doing in the process renewing my mind, it's helping me become the person that God created me to be. So there's lots of great things that are going to happen as we look at this today. Anyone interested to know what I'm talking about? All right. So this has to be, to me, the most compelling concept around prayer and one that has empowered me more than anything else in this area of my life. And I felt today we'll focus on it and give you some practical tools around it so that we can renew our minds and empower our prayer lives. And I I touched on this maybe a week or two or three weeks back, um, but I didn't focus on it, but I felt today let's focus on it because this could be a missing link in your spiritual life. Today, you might find what I'm going to share like flicking a switch, turning something on in your spiritual life, the switch between reading the Bible and effective prayer. It often gets missed. We don't flick that switch. For some of you, for you, who here drives a manual car? Anyone drive a manual? I've got a manual car. And um, I know that sometimes I've thought about this as like the clutch in a manual car. It's like you push the clutch in so you can shift gears seamlessly between first gear and second gear. Those of you with an automatic car, you don't even know what I'm talking about, right? But if you don't have that clutch in and and use that clutch in a manual car, you're going to crunch. You'll be like first gear and crunch into second gear. And it's just not going to be this nice, seamless transition. But if it's the same way spiritually, if we're going from our Bible reading and we want to go into effective and empowered prayer, then we have to press the clutch in and there's this process that happens in between that makes it work. Does that make sense? When you try this, it's kind of like shifting gears between first and second gear with that seamless transition. So it's the clutch. It makes the gears mesh together. I don't know exactly how it works, so I won't pretend. I'm not a mechanic. But somehow it helps the transition happen better and more effectively. There's no stalling the car at the lights if you push the clutch in, right? There's no bunny hopping along like a a brand new driver. I know I've done all the learner drivers with my kids. Amy's next year. I've done the other three kids. And uh, we've always learned in a manual car. I wanted my kids to know how to use the clutch in the car. And so the kids all know how to drive manuals. And Amy will do that next year. I always remember so many times the kids get in the manual car. The first time we drive along, you know what happens, right? It's like... (laughs) And it's just like that when you... When you're going through your Bible reading to get into prayer, sometimes it's like that. You, you read your Bible quickly because we don't have much time in the day. You read a few verses and I shut it and say, like, oh, Lord, and shoot him up an arrow prayer. It's just like, <laughs> spiritually speaking, there's no power. It might be a form of godliness, but there's no power. I want to have godliness with power. And so what I'm going to share with you today is, is that clutch that's going to help you stop crunching the gears and just reading a few verses and saying a couple of prayers and moving on with the day. What we need is that transition and that missing link that we're going to talk about. The practice we're going to talk about today is meditating on the Scriptures. Say it with me. Meditating on the Scriptures. Meditation is like using the clutch that changes gears seamlessly, smoothly, almost like an unnoticeable transition from reading the Word of God, meditating on the Scriptures, and being led into empowered prayer. Meditation is that missing link for many people, the clutch, the switch that you need to install in your life today. 
And I believe that flicking that switch will stir you up with a deep thirst for God and create more effective prayer. You'll start to see God answer prayer more in your life. Why? Because you start praying what you're meditating on. And what are you meditating on? God's Word. So as you're meditating on God's Word, you're renewing your mind, refreshing your soul, doing all these great things. But then you start praying God's Word in your life. Is God going to answer His Word? Yes or yes? Of course. I'm praying within God's perfect, pleasing, good, perfect, pleasing will that we've just read up there on the scriptures. I'm changing the way I think. I'm starting to think now about God's word and how it applies to my life. So I'm going to pray God's word into my life so I know his good, pleasing and perfect will in my life. David meditated on the word of God in Psalm 19. The instructions... That's the word of God. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord, that's God's word. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord, that's God's word, are right. Bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear. That's God's word. Giving insight to living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to the servant and a great reward for those who obey them. You see... After David was meditating on these truths, these instructions, these decrees, these commandments, these laws, these commands, it was like this seamless transition that led him into prayer. We go on down to verse 14 that says, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord my rock, my redeemer. He meditated on God's word, his instructions, his decrees, his commands, his commandments, his laws, and he had a seamless transition. And just like David, as he meditated on God's, God's word, I've experienced this too. When you meditate on God's word, it just shifts you to pray God's word. It shifts you seamlessly. I love verse 7 there. It says, The instructions of the Lord, let's go back to it. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. David was in the word and he was being revived spiritually. And I often chat with people and I've often heard people say, I feel spiritually dry. How are you going? I just feel spiritually dry right now. Spiritually kind of in a dead season, in a in a dry season. Have you ever heard someone say that or have you ever felt that yourself? And I've often said to that person, just lovingly, I've said, you know, what's the first thing I would ask a person? I'd say, are you reading the word of God? And they might say, yeah, well, I'd say, are you meditating on the word of God? Because when you meditate, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. If you're meditating on the Word of God, you're going to be seamlessly transitioning into effective and powerful prayer. 
You have to want, you have to want for your soul to be stirred up. You have to want with passion to be filled up and more and more with the presence of God. You've got to have that hunger and thirst for the Lord. And it starts by reading God's word. We start stirring up, reviving the soul. But it doesn't just stop with reading the word of God. It continues with meditating on the word of God. And it works like this. We take in some scripture. You read the passage and you start meditating on the passage, taking what God has said and start thinking deeply about it. Start taking some observations. Start writing things down while you're digesting it and seeing how this will apply in your life. Not only making observations, but some applications and what it's going to mean and changing the way you live. And then speaking to God about it in meaningful prayer. So we're actually praying God's word at that moment. And what we've encountered in the Bible has been now personalized in our life through meditation. Our prayers become very meaningful. They've become very substantial because now we're applying God's word in our life. So we're becoming spiritually alive because we're confidently now praying God's word and our life will be changed as a result because God's word does not return void. This is not a new idea, by the way. It's not something I thought up, oh, this sounds like a cool sermon. It's not like that. This is a practice, as I mentioned before, has been going for hundreds of years. And I would love for us to begin to meditate on God's word here at Creekside more and more and more. I wonder if in our busy lives and meditation is a pretty uncommon kind of thing these days, isn't it? Meditating on God's word takes a little bit of time. But for the Puritans, back in the 15 to 1700s, for the Puritans back then, it was a very commonplace thing. And I want to quote a couple of the Puritans so that you can see how important meditation was back then. A prolific Puritan preacher, his name was Thomas Manton, and he wrote these words. Meditation is the middle sort of duty between the word and prayer and hath respect to both. The word feedeth meditation and meditation, not mediation, and meditation feedeth prayer. These duties must always go hand in hand. Meditation must follow hearing and precede prayer. There was another Puritan named William Bridge. Some of you will know that name. And it says, As it is the sister of reading, so it is the mother of prayer. Though a man's heart be much indisposed to prayer, yet if he can but fall into meditation of God and the things of God, his heart will soon come off to prayer, begin with reading or hearing, and go on with meditation and then end in prayer. Who here knows George Mueller? You've heard the name. You all know Mueller College, right? Mueller College. Um, some of you have had your children at Mueller College. Some of you went to Mueller College um, just down the road. And um, most of us are familiar with the name Mueller, George Mueller. And that's who the school is obviously named after down there in Rothwell. And it was really an amazing man, George Mueller. He was recognised as one of the most anointed men of prayer that the world has ever seen. It was about 200 years after the Puritans that George Mueller came along in the 1800s. And George Mueller operated an orphanage in Bristol in England and he cared for over 10,000 orphans in his lifetime. It's amazing, isn't it? I've only had four kids and that was too much. No, it wasn't too much. 
He began 117 schools. Talk about a busy life, hey? He educated over 120,000 children. But he found time every morning to read God's word, to meditate on the scriptures, and to pray. At the age of 70, George Muller, he remarried, and he embarked on a 17-year missionary journey that led him to England. Get ready for it, guys. England, Scotland, Ireland, Switzerland, Germany, Holland, Canada, the USA, France, Spain, Italy, Egypt, Palestine, Syria, Asia Minor, Turkey, Greece, Hungary, Bohemia, Russia, Poland, India, South Wales, New Zealand, Ceylon. He travelled over 200,000 miles, which was an incredible achievement considering that there was no aviation back then. And here's what's more incredible. George Mueller operated his whole life and his whole ministry solely on prayer and on faith. He never made his needs known to anyone. He trusted God would provide everything for him. He never entered into debt to finance the orphanage. And yet millions of dollars passed through his ministry as he cared for up to 2,000 orphan children at a single time. And on top of this, supported all the mission's works all over the world. Now, many would say his effectiveness in his life came down to his prayer life. When he prayed, he actually expected that God would answer. He prayed about everything and he recorded tens of thousands of answered prayers. But I want you to listen to what George Mueller says about this. It says about his effectiveness and what it came down to. In his own words, he wrote this in 1841. We can learn a lot through his words. He writes concerning meditation and its relationship to prayer. And he described it this way before I start reading. Is this okay, everyone? Is this interesting? I find this fascinating. Now, I didn't put this on the screen because it's too long. And I didn't have the time to make the slide. So I'm just going to read it to you. Before this time, my practice had been, at least for 10 years previously, as a habitual thing to give myself to prayer after having dressed in the morning. Now, I saw the most important thing was to give myself to reading God's word and to meditation on it, that thus my heart might be comforted, encouraged, warned, reproved, instructed, and that thus, by means of the word of God, whilst meditating on it, my heart might be brought into experimental communion with the Lord. I began, therefore, to meditate on the New Testament from the beginning, early in the morning. The first thing I did, after having asked in a few words the Lord's blessing upon his precious word, was then to begin to meditate on the word of God, searching as as if it were... Uh, searching as it were into every verse to get blessing out of it for my own soul. The result that I have found to be almost invariably this, that after a few minutes my soul has to be led to confession or to thanksgiving or to intercession or to supplication so that though I did not, as it were, give myself to prayer but to meditation, yet it turned almost immediately more or less to prayer. That's the clutch I was talking about before. 
The result of this, my inner man almost invariably is even sensibly nourished and strengthened and that by breakfast time, with rare exceptions, I am in a peaceful, if not happy, state of heart. If often now astonished me, it often now astonished me that I did not sooner see this point. And yet now, since God has taught me this point, it is so plain to me as anything that the first thing the child of God has to do in the morning by morning is to obtain food for his inner man. Now, what is food for the inner man? Not prayer, the word of God. And here again, not the simple reading of the word of God so that it only passes through our minds just as water passes through a pipe, but considering what we read. It's all about considering what we read and pondering over it and applying it in our hearts. When we pray, we speak to God. Now, prayer, in order to be continued for any length of time in any other than a, than a formal manner, requires, generally speaking, a measure of strength or godly desire, and the season, therefore, when the exercise of the soul can now be effectively performed is after the inner man has been nourished by meditation of the word of God, where we find our Father speaking to us to encourage us and comfort us and instruct us and humble us to reprove us. We may, therefore, profitably meditate with God's blessing, though we are never so weak spiritually Nay, the weaker we are, the more we need to meditate for the strengthening of our inner man. I dwell so particularly on this point because of the immense spiritual profit and refreshment that I am conscious of having derived from this myself and I affectionately and solemnly beseech all of my fellow believers to ponder this matter by the blessing of God I ascribe to this mode the help and strength which I have had from God to pass in peace from deeper trials in various ways than I have ever had before. And having now have had been doing this 14 years, I have tried it this way. I can most fully, in the fear of God, commend this to you. I don't think it comes with any better sales pitch than what George Mueller says. We should just learn to do this. Hey, church, what do you think? We just should learn to do this. Isn't that amazing? You can see why I didn't put it in the slides. I would have been there making all these slides. All right, Mueller, he truly lived a life that impacted the world. And he puts it down to not his reading of the word and not his prayer life. He puts it down to meditating on the word which led him into his prayer life. Now, I just want to spend a few minutes with us and giving you a very simple, practical tool that every one of us can do, no matter how old we are. No matter how old we are as Christians, and no matter how old we are in our um, age. How do we get started in this? Make it very practical and really simple. The way I could get started in meditating on the Scriptures, and I guarantee you, if you do this for just a few minutes every day, I guarantee you, you will hear God speak to you and he will start to change your life as you meditate on this. And the method, and most of you may have heard of this, but we're going to go over it again and get it back into our hearts and back into our life. And that's a method of soaping on the scriptures. Soap, S-O-A-P. We're washing ourselves in God's word. 
We're going to wash our minds in God's word. Who's heard of soaping the scriptures? Anyone? A few people? Okay. S stands for what? O stands for what? A stands for? And P stands for? Prayer. This is what we do with soaping. We read some scripture, make some observations, some application, and some prayer. You all need to get a little journal or maybe use your notes in your phone. However you're going to do this, we need to start this process every day, five to ten minutes a day. You can spend up to an hour a day or spend as much time as you want to soaping on the scriptures. But we need to do this every day. The first thing is we look at is the scripture. The scripture is saying what God is highlighting to me today. You might be reading through a book in the Bible and you're just working through it methodically. Methodically, you may be looking at different themes that you're learning about. You may be looking at different passages. It doesn't matter. God's word is going to speak to you. So what is God highlighting for you today? Open your Bible to the reading that you're up to. Take time to read. Take time to allow God to speak to you. When you're done, look for a verse that particularly spoke to you that day and write it down in your journal. That's the S. Write down the verse. We're going to do this in a moment. All of us together, we're going to do a soap on a scripture, okay? The next thing we then do is we're making an observation. What is God saying to me in that verse? What do you think God is saying to you as you read that scripture? Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and reveal Jesus to you and paraphrase that observation to your own words right down in your journal under the O. Okay, it might be just one sentence. It might be you get carried away and start writing in your journal. You fill out a whole page of observations. It might be you start doing some more research. I love doing that. Once you get those initial observations, start to dig around and do a little bit of research and word searches and context and you're making more and more observations around it. But initially, just to get started, what is it saying to me? Okay, and then we're looking at applications. How does this apply in my life? Let's make this real. Personalize what you've read by asking yourself how it applies to your life right now. See, God wants to give us a rhema word, a word for today, a word for right now. He wants to speak into our life that he can encourage you and give you instruction and revelation of a new promise or change something like correction for a particular area of your life right now. We need to write down how this scripture is going to change and touch our life. That's our application. Does that make sense? And then, of course, what's that meditation going to do? It's going to catapult us into prayer. How should I pray? We're going to pray God's word. Pray God's observations and applications that he's given you. Pray them into being. God is going to speak in this as we pray to him. So this can be a very simple way, just asking God to help you use the scripture or maybe a greater insight on what that he may be revealing to you. Remember, prayer is that two-way conversation. So be sure to listen to what God has to say as you write this down. Okay. Are you ready to have a go? Let's do a soap on a scripture. I'm going to bring this one back up here. Now, I want a little bit of interaction with you all. Is it okay to give me some observations on this? I hope that you're ready to say something. Um, It says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning 
to your servant a greater reward for those who obey them. What's that saying to you? Some observations. Give me a show of hands if you've got some observation on that. Just one simple observation. It doesn't have to be a big, long paragraph. Just one sentence. One observation straight away. I'll just look at the first one. The instructions of a Lord are perfect. That's an observation. Instruction of a Lord is perfect. There is no imperfection. It's perfect. I just made an observation straight away. What's another observation that you would make? Yes. The commandments of the Lord are right and they bring joy to the heart. Beautiful. Great observation. God's word counteracts the world's values, so we need to listen to God's word. Very good. Let's get on a roll. A couple more. Very good. They have some honey lovers in the family, so if this is even better than honey that's dripping off a comb, this must be pretty good. Great observation. So even if you don't feel like reading God's word, once you get into it and start doing it, it does revive your soul and all of a sudden you're like, ah, I feel it now. Very good. One more. As you're pondering on the scriptures, you're finding the answer. God's answering. He has answers for your prayers and, and it's giving you the answers. Beautiful. In his word of truth. True. I love that. Um, where's that bit? They are warning to your servant as well down at the end. And a great word, reward for those who obey them. Very good. Conviction of the spirit through his word. So they're observations. Do you see? It's not difficult, right? But all of a sudden, God's speaking to us through his word just by spending a few minutes meditating and thinking about it. And of course, if you want to go a little deeper, you can start to look at some word studies on these and what did, what did they mean from the original texts and original languages and what did they mean in context of what was going on at that time for David when he wrote this psalm. And, you know, you start to get deeper and deeper into it and you realise the richness of God's word. Now, let's move on to an application. Okay, let's have a couple of applications around this. Maybe some from some of the observations that you made. How would you apply that? You start here and then we'll... That's great. We're trusting that God has given us the answer because his word is true and that I don't need to worry about any other way. I just need to follow God's way. Beautiful application. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. We need to reevaluate our way of thinking and align it to God's word because sometimes it's not right. Sometimes that's a challenge. I agree. Yeah. Well, even this whole process, what we're doing right now is we're meditating on this, right? This is a meditation in a sense. We didn't just read it and move on. We didn't, I didn't just read that and then say, okay, let's pray about it. That was a bunny hop to the prayer, right? Right now we're going through the process of pressing in the clutch, making observations, making applications, writing them down in our journal, letting the Holy Spirit speak to us. And this is really taking some time. So an immediate application. True. Another thing you can do, and I love this whole step in the renewing of the mind, is maybe the last step is what I'd call an active reach. So you're going through this process, you're writing it down, and then the last step is an active reach where I share it with someone. So I say, Mia, this is what I studied today. This is what God spoke to me, and I share it with her. All of a sudden, I'm renewing my mind by I'm reinforcing it. I'm, put, I'm locking it in by sharing it with someone. I remember I went through 21-day detox, brain detox. Um, I'm renewing my mind around how God is in control and I'm not in control. I spent 21 days reinforcing this thought in my mind every single day that God is in control, God is in control, God is in control, I'm not in control. I was brainwashing myself. I was soaping and washing my brain in God's truth that actually God is in control. And the last step that I did every single day of those 21 days was what I call an active reach. I'd share it with someone. I'd take a photo of my journal. I'd text it to my prayer partner and I'd ask him, hear this, what God said to me today, please. And he would write back to me and we'd have a conversation about it. And we were all of a sudden, we're now meditating on the fact that God is in control for 21 days. What's that going to do to my mind? Is that going to renew my mind or is that going to renew my mind? And so when you do this, this is a way you can really change your life. If you do this over 21 days on a theme, it will actually create a whole new thought process for you, a godly, life-giving thought process based on God's word. And in the process of that, you will start to detox old ways of thinking as well. The old neural pathways will start to have grass grow up over them while you're trotting down, treading down some new ways of thinking based on God's word. And all of a sudden, they become automatic ways of thinking I think that's where that verse might come from when he says you teach your children in the way they should go and as they grow up they will not depart from it the children's minds are being renewed in God's word as they're growing and as they grow older it's just an automatic way of thinking they follow the Lord and if they don't they need to renew their mind again sometimes the enemy gets in and steals them away Okay, let's finish up here with a couple of questions. And of course, that leads us into prayer. I want to ask you a question. Are you hungry and thirsting for this? Are you hungry and thirsty for this? The scripture says in Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet 
with God. I love that. Where can I go and meet with God? See, that takes time every day. And what I've shared with you today is how we can go and meet with God every day and hear him speak to us every day. It's very simple. I want to hear his voice. I want to soap on it so it can renew my mind, soap on his words so the truth starts getting into my DNA. I want the truth of God's word in my DNA. I want to be empowered in prayer by going through this process of meditating. And here in Psalm 143, we can see how David meditated. In just a moment, I'll read it to you. It says that he remembered these things. He pondered on these things. He was meditating on God and all God's great works. And that meditation seamlessly changed gears and thrust him into passionate prayer. Take a look at this in Psalm 143. Actually, I don't know if we've got this. I'll just read it. It says, I remember the days of old. I ponder all the great works and I think about what you have done. Then I lift my hands to you in prayer. See that? Even David did it. Psalm 143, verse 5 to 7. I remember the days of old. I ponder the things of your greatness. And I think about what you have done. I meditate on all your works. And I consider what your hands have done. The next section says, I lift my hands to you in prayer. You see? The clutch. I now am thrust into prayer. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me, for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me, or I will die. It says in Psalm 107, verse 9, For he satisfies the longing heart and soul. He fills the hungry soul with goodness. It says in Psalm 145, 16, When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. Are you spiritually hungry? Are you thirsty today? Belinda, would you come? Worship team, you can make your way up. We're going to sing a song as we finish, a song of worship. When you open your hand and satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. Are you spiritually hungry today, church? Are you thirsty for him? Do you want to see prayer change lives? Do you want to revive your soul or renew your mind? It can be simple. It doesn't need to be complex. We can all do what I'm saying today. Every one of us just takes a little bit of time and a very clear, simple tool like soaping and journaling. It can be five to ten minutes a day or it could be an hour a day alone with God. Whatever you could do, you've got to start somewhere. So if you want to empower your prayer life, renew your mind and refresh your soul and put the devil on the run and unite with the angels... I think we could do this. You with me? All right. Let's stand together and I'll pray. Heavenly Father, help us to read your word, but help us not just to read it, help us to meditate on it and spend more time, not only in our Bible intake, but Lord, in the meditation of the verses and the phrases and the words and pray about those things as we journal and soap on those things. Help us to take these little tools 
um, practical things we've talked about today around scriptures and observations and applications. Lord, help us to pray effectively and soak our souls in the water of your word, your living word. Help us, Lord, to remember that your word is sharper than a double-edged sword and will go between bone and marrow and it will pierce the heart. Help us remember that your word is living and it is active and it is for today and it is, it is for right now. Help us remember all these things as we go from this place. Show us how to meditate on you as we meditate on your word and lead us into effective prayer just like George Mueller had. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together.